And we're off and running on the Krug Show. Hope everybody's having a great February 20th, 2024. Thanks for joining us. Brought to you by Pig and a Pickle, the best barbecue in all of Northern California. Check out Pig and a Pickle in Emeryville and Corte Madera. They're open seven days a week from 11 a.m. till 8 p.m. or until they run out. We're also brought to you by Marin Autoglass, marinautoglass.com, 415-883-3030, as well as Underdog Fantasy. And we have a couple of new sponsors this month. Uh, Sharp Corner Sports Cards and Collectibles. Call Anthony Catania. To heard from Anthony today. Said Krug, man, my, ever since I started advertising on your show, my phone's ringing off the hook. So give him a call. He's at 831-521-5264. Uh, he runs a, a, a card, uh, sports cards and collectibles store on 205 Cypress Avenue in Pacific Grove, California, along the Monterey Peninsula. So he said a bunch of people have called him in the last couple of weeks, and so we appreciate Anthony for sponsoring the show. And then ValleyHillRoofing.net. Um, if you ever put a roof on a home, man, it's hard to find a good roofer, and if you do, it's almost like a good fishing hole. You want to tell everybody about it. Well, ValleyHillRoofing.net is a go-green roofing contractor. They're phenomenal. Uh, give them a call. They're at 209-481-6851. Uh, usually they call people call roofers twice a year, Raj. They call them this time of the year when the roof's leaking. They usually come out and patch it, right? And then wait for the rain to stop. And then in the springtime, once we get to what, you know, May 1st or something, it never rains again until, uh, until November. And usually that's when people call the roofers as well. They try to do those deals in the summer. So valleyhillroofing.net, give them a call, 209-481-6851. They're a go green roofing contractor. And all those links, by the way, are listed in the description of the show. Raj from RSF 49ers in the house. We've been doing this all year. I'm really glad that we have Raj with us tonight. Raj, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Um, honestly, though, I took a little break this weekend. There wasn't much yeah. to talk about. I needed a little, you know, reset of the mind. But, man, this offseason, it's already killing. Like, I need this season to start. I, I had to go to Target. I was, like, finding things to do to keep myself busy. I spent a lot of money at Target with my daughter. I need football season back, man. But I'm doing good. Man, it, you know, you, you're like me, dude. You're a grinder. And I don't know if people know that about Raj, but Raj works hard, man. He he, you've got you've got your your uh, you know physical therapy going on that you're doing you know concurrently with your with your channel. You're huge on YouTube. You're big as heck on on uh, Instagram, and you're a grinder. And I, I just appreciate people like yourself who put in the work and really grind. But dude, when you're like me and you, Raj, and we grind, and we grind, and we grind. I really kind of felt burnt, really burnt out. Um, like Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, I was burnt yeah. all week. Just kind of, it was a weird feeling. It was just kind of like, and and I thought I thought about it. My wife's asking me about it. I'm like, you know, honey, I, I feel different because it's like, um, you know, we grinded. And I don't know if you were quite like me, but I grinded from when John Lynch came out at the Combine and said, you know what, Trey Lance has got to play, but we got a team that's ready to win right now. And it was like so clear to me that 
they were going to trade Trey Lance, which was a monumental story. And I was all over that in February and then just got blitzed by the audience in February and March, April, because I predicted it would happen by the draft and the draft came and went. It didn't happen. May, June, July, he was finally traded in August and there were indications that uh, that that was coming, at, you know, as we got closer to August, but um, it just made this season, Raj, turn into a full calendar year. Because here yeah. we are again, we're we're one week away, basically, from the combine, and that's how much I grinded the Niner talk on my channel. Um, and you know it because I had John almost every week throughout that. Mm-hmm. But man, we grinded, and and it, we grinded more. In February, in March, and April, and May, and June, those five months before camp, than we, you know, ever than I ever did in any other season, because of this Trey Lance story and what I believe Lynch was telling us, and and the Niners were kind of not really saying it, but they we were getting indications, and then then there was Darnold, and then all of a sudden there was Brandon Allen. You know what I'm saying? So we got like indications. Um, Jabus in here says, Larry always got to flex his uh, winning takes. No, it's, it's not even that. It's 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 not even that. I know I'm right a lot of the time, and I'm not, and I'm not afraid to say so. But uh, and I'm when I'm wrong, I'll say I'm wrong. Um, but it's not even about those takes. It's about it's not even trying to say I I I got that right. Everybody knows I got that right. It's more about. The, the I, we turned a six month season into a twelve month season. It was a long season, Larry. It like, was a long season. And I, I always try to stay busy during the off season, content wise. You know, always posting on social media and stuff. But this year, you're right. It took a toll out of me. Like I just remember last week being like, "What a season!" And then, like I said, this weekend, I just needed to take a break, man. It was it was like every day, every day, every day. Something they get deep into the playoffs, Super Bowl. You need a little reset, but at the same time, I'm empty. Like, I'm at work, and it was like, man, you're, like, really working. You you never work like this, Raj. They're like, man, yeah, we forgot how good of a therapist you are. <laughs> they kind of joke now. <laughs> at work. They're like, you're really good. I was like, yeah, when I'm here and I'm doing it, <laughs> there's nothing to post, man. So uh, I've been back to work, like, being in the thick of it. In a couple of months, I said, don't worry. Give me a couple months. I'll be back to being slacking off here and, and doing my other stuff. But, man. It was a wild season. You got out to Vegas. I got out to Vegas. We unfortunately didn't get to party together in Vegas. How was your week in Vegas leading up to the bowl? It was phenomenal, man. I did a lot of like promos, did the re you know sponsored. Are you plugged in right now, Daraj? I'm getting I'm getting you on a uh, I'm getting you on a uh, uh, like your well it was like you were kind of hitting and missing there. I don't know, maybe I was yeah, the only one getting that. I'm, I'm back, but so yeah, the week was okay. great. We did uh we hosted me and um, a couple other big Forty uh, uh, Nine er people that do like the tailgates and stuff. We we actually hosted a huge like pregame party at the Hard Rock the day before the Super Bowl. That was a pretty successful venture um with with gold bar whiskey and a couple other sponsors and just the whole week was great you know and enjoyed vegas i'm from vegas so i enjoyed it i actually ended up going to a lot of different events and you know it it was good but you know leaving with a broken heart was not 
great. But hey, we got another off season to figure out what do we need to do to get back to that, Larry. And that's what I need to ask you. What do we got to do to get back to New Orleans next year? And this time come away as the champions instead of the, the chumps. You know, it's it's great. It's I'm, You're leading right into our topic. I titled this uh, stream, The Big Decisions the 49ers Need to Make. And I'm, I'm you know this. Why don't we start with um, why don't we start with Brandon Ayuk? Let's do because it because I think Ayuk's kind of interesting. I'm going to share the screen. This was uh, Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game today with Bucky Brooks, and you you know Bucky, and Bucky's really solid. Went to North Carolina, great guy. Uh, here's right. I think you said here is Bucky Brooks with Willard and Dibs talking a little bit of Ayuk, and then we'll comment on it. Here it is. Fifty million dollars into these two players based on the skill set that they've shown at least so far. So if that's the case, what would you do? Well, I don't know if you have to do anything right now with Brandon Ayuk. Like, I know there's a rush, but, like, he still has the fifth-year option to play on, right? I think he still has the fifth-year option before he's, he's not free. So what you do is you make him play on the option, and then eventually you figure it out. Because let's be honest, after next year, they're going to have to reset the entire program. Because after next year, they're going to have to pay the quarterback if the quarterback continues to play like that. So once you pay the quarterback, you can't pay everybody else. And so that's the time where you have to reset the entire team. Yeah, but Bucky, he's he not showing up without a new deal. Okay, you know what happens? Yeah, Man, I know. This is why, because Mark, you're right. so nice. But guess what? The CBA has things in it where if he doesn't show up, it would be very punitive to his pocketbook. I understand. So we sit here and act like that, and we can play tough like, no, 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 we got to pay him or he won't show up. If you're not in a situation where you can pay everybody, you just have to hold off and you got to wait and see because you're going to have to make a determination. It's going to be Debo or Brandon Ayuk because when you pay the quarterback, because Brock is not going to pay for less than a million in his fourth year, you're going to have to pay him. And so when he gets up into that $40, $50 million range, somebody has to suffer. So I don't know if I could pay him right now because you still got others unless you're going to cut Eric Armstead, you know, reduce his number down. So then you have Brandon Ayuk. So all of that stuff plays with it. All right. A little bit of Bucky Brooks talking Brandon Ayuk. Ayuk and, uh, um, you know, Peter King was on later in the in the day um, and basically, you know, also commented on Ayuk. And he he said, you know, the 49ers, he, he kind of said what, what Bucky said, which is that the Niners have time to make a decision and uh, that they're going to have to make their major decisions as far as their roster really next offseason. They could kick the can down the road this offseason and kind of float everything into next year and just try to run it back. Um, the question is, is Ayuk willing to put off his big payday? Willard referenced there that he could hold out, uh, and Bucky shot back with, yeah, well, if he holds out, he'll be fine, and, he, and eventually he'll come in and play. So um, Bucky said, you know, I wouldn't trade Ayuk. Uh, it's too, it's very difficult to have two high-priced wide receivers. If the Niners pay Ayuk what I think he's worth, they're going to have $50 million in wide receivers. Um, Bucky also pointed out in this interview that the Niners wide receivers really struggled to get open uh, versus press man coverage against Kansas City, against against Legereus Sneed and, and Trent McDuffie. And he said that neither Ayuk nor Debo are polished route runners and that the Niners, um, you know, they're, they don't win against elite corners. Um, you know, I mean, Debo gets number one wide receiver money right now. 
And Ayuk, um, I, I, definitely. I mean, you could push it to next year, but he's probably going to get number one wide receiver money. Why don't we start right there? I mean, how if you're the 49ers, you know, and then there's other people suggesting that maybe they trade Ayuk or trade Debo. I mean, the question is, you know, obviously I think everybody would rather, you know, if it comes down to Ayuk or Debo, I think most people would rather have Ayuk than Debo. But Ayuk is going to fetch a lot more in a trade market situation, maybe a first-round pick, maybe multiple picks, yeah. including a first-rounder, compared to Debo, who already makes $28 million, has had a bunch of injuries, and probably nets you a third, a fourth, or a fifth-round pick in return. What do you think, Raj? Why don't we start right there? The big decisions the Niners need to make. We'll start with Brandon Ayuk. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, that's off-season priority number one, the player that everybody's talking about. You know, he's already kind of using the tactics that we thought he would eventually a couple days after the Super Bowl. I kind of thought that was crazy. You know, his girl's out there talking, his friend on IG's talking. Like, this is the stuff Debo did. He learned from Debo. I expect him to take the same route, scrub the social media, all that stuff. Like, I'm not worried about <laughs> right, all that right. stuff. I know it's going to happen, but that's just, you know, negotiations. Wide receivers, that's how they negotiate in the market. Um, I saw on Sport Track, they're expecting him to make $23 million a year at least. That's probably you know what he's looking to fetch you know and and that's the wide receiver market now can they pay him this year and, and figure it out i think they can i think that's what he wants i think he wants to get paid now rather than later i think uh bucky makes a good point in saying hey he probably will hold out if he doesn't get a paid you know a big payday he's a big time part of this offense um 14 million dollars for his fifth year option i think he wants more you know so i could see him holding out whatever the case is that gets a little tricky you know i hope it doesn't get messy because he may suffer in terms of his ability to play on the field. We've seen it with Bosa, Debo, Warner. They kind of fell off a little bit in the beginning, and then it took them some time to get back, you know, if you don't train. So that's something the 49ers have to kind of look at. But they've been doing this for years. They they kind of hold off, wait till training camp, and, and it's the Niner way. So there's, there's that uh, situation. Um, and he did mention, you know, will they carry two receivers for $50 million? Debo's at $28 million. You know, will they restructure and extend him and then, you know, save some money? Will they restructure Ark Armstead? There's so many guys that they could restructure. Right now, I think they have the leeway to, you know, make this contract work because you mentioned they don't have Brock Purdy on a big contract, but they will eventually, you know, especially if he plays the way he did this year. So uh, they got a lot of questions, man. And I think part of it is who else is going to be a casualty? It's not just Ayuk. Like, they might have to get rid of someone to keep Ayuk. I think there's got to be a casualty uh, made, you know, to keep Ayuk. And, you know, this kind of reminds me of the Armstead, uh, DeForest Buckner situation. They had two highly touted guys on their team. He wanted to keep them both. They're big parts of the defense. And they had to make a decision. And the decision was you treat Defo because he's a higher trade value. So if you're looking at, you know, Debo, Ayuk, like you said, it makes more sense to trade Brandon Ayuk because he could probably get you a first, maybe multiple. A couple years back when Debo was going for his extension, you could have traded him for a first, but now you're not going to get much out of him. But I know a lot of people say trade Debo, trade Debo. Debo is really important to this offense, and Kyle loves Debo. I don't care what you like. I don't care what I like. I don't care what Joe down the street likes. It's up to Kyle. This is his offense. And during the Super Bowl, Debo Samuel had more targets. If you look at the season, I know Debo missed some games. He had 12 touchdowns compared to Brandon Ayuk. He had 1,100, uh, over 1,100 yards, total yards of scrimmage. Brandon Ayuk had 13. He had a very great season, over 1,300 yards receiving, 31st in total 
targets, seventh in total reception. So his efficiency is outstanding. He's great. And that is what Ayuk's going to probably tell Kyle and the guys when he's negotiating, say, hey, look, you put me on any other team, I'm their number one target. I'll probably have Justin Jefferson number. So Ayuk does have a lot to argue. Um, but then again, there's a lot of weapons on the 49ers. So I can see this going either way, Larry. I can see the people that say that they're going to trade them being true because they did it with Defoe. I could see people saying, don't worry, they're going to get it taken care of because they've done it before. But this is this is an interesting one this year because they are kind of in this weird position where they need to keep the, the core of this team to get back to the Super Bowl next year. And and Ayuk's very important because you can't just replace Brandon Ayuk with any rookie. I know there's some good rookies out there, but you said that, you know, their routes take, you know, they're not the most polished route runners. Maybe Debo's not the most polished route runner. I think Brandon Ayuk is a fantastic – he's probably one of the best route runners in the league. That's what a lot of people say. Now, the problem was in the Super Bowl, yeah, he was locked up by some great corners. I think the offensive line was an issue that didn't allow him to, you know, develop his routes fully. So, with that being said, yes, Brandon Ayuk is a major priority. They need to fix the offensive line so they can utilize Ayuk. And I think the final thing I want to say is, when Ayuk goes into his negotiations, I think he needs to tell Kyle, like, look, I want the ball. I don't care if Debo is your guy because I think I think that's the one issue between Ayuk and Debo. Debo is vocal. We've heard so many times where he says, give me the ball, give me the damn ball, give me the damn ball. How many times have you heard that? I don't think I've ever heard Ayuk say, give me the ball during the game. I don't know if you have interviewed him, but do you feel like he commands that? You know, he needs to be an alpha. Part of the reason I think he blends in so well is that he doesn't demand the ball he he's just a he's a workman like put your head down kind of guy he blocks in the run game and he's just he's really dependable um i think this is going to be very difficult for the 49ers to extend him i mean just look around the nfl and look at what's going on with wide receivers in this league Devonte adams wanted a deal he got dealt tyreek hill wanted a new deal he got dealt aj brown wanted a new deal guess what happened to aj brown he got dealt you know, and the wide receiver, I mean, Barnwell or Graziano or one of these guys on ESPN today kind of highlighted, or maybe it was yesterday, yesterday, that the wide receiver extension market has not really moved a whole lot. Uh, it's been tough to, for teams to find common ground with wide receivers. Minnesota has yet to sign Justin Jefferson long term. Dallas hasn't signed CeeDee Lamb long term. Uh, Pittman Jr. is not signed long term. T. Higgins is now testing the free agent market. And so it's difficult to project what an extension may look like for Ayuk, um, unless the Niners are willing to kind of blow him out of the water with a dramatic overpay. That's not Parag's way. So I think the Niners may want to wait and see this of this market to define itself a little bit more so they know what they're dealing with. But at the same time, doing an Ayuk extension right now could actually help the Niners. I mean, right? I mean he uh, he's making $14.1 million this year in his fifth-year option. Uh, that also happens to be his cap number. And if they extend him, they might be able to have him on the books for like $4 bucks this year and, and, and free up $10 million. So it's kind of a matter of, you know, how do they choose to go about this? Um, and then you get the feeling because of the rhetoric coming out of the IU camp with his siblings and some of the stuff that's been out, put out there that he is not going to be in a good mental state if they ask him to come back next year and play on the fifth-year extension, on the fifth-year option at 14.1. I mean, he'll make his $14.1 million, but I don't, you know, and Peter King makes the great point uh, that, 
you know, most great wide receivers get one major payday. So he's yeah. waiting on his major payday. Peter also mentioned that, you know, look at Kansas City. They traded Tyreek Hill to Miami, and what did they do afterwards? They won the last two Super Bowls, and they haven't had a 1,000-yard receiver in either of the last two seasons, and it hasn't hurt them. They found a way to win the Super Bowl without without Tyreek Hill. And now they do have Mahomes and Andy Reid and some other great players for sure, but... So I mean, what you know? How do you how do you play your hand if you're the Niners here? You pay this guy and hope that whatever you give him um, is is you know basically market value in a market that's kind of undefined. Do you make him wait for another year and say, hey, look, next year's the year we're going to pay Brock. Next year's the year we're really going to have to take a look, a hard look at our team across the board. Let's try to run it back this year. We'll pay you the fourteen point one, and we'll do it next year. What do you think they're? How do you, how do you think they're going to play their hand? That's a good question, and and you know I think part of that whole situation has to deal with Brock Purdy, and I feel like his continued growth relies on a guy like IU because they have that great you know chemistry. Brian and IU's the younger receiver of the group between him and Debo and everybody. I mean Debo's a great veteran, but he's not going to be there after twenty twenty. Like his his contract's kind of airing up, you know, uh, cleaning up, he signed a three-year extension because his hope was he can get another big extension after the three years. And, you know, the injuries have hurt him, but in Kyle's offense, he's very vital. I know he couldn't separate in the Super Bowl and he was kind of clamped up, but Kyle loves Debo. They don't win without Debo. So I think Brandon Ayuk, again, he has to be vocal. And I think there's going to be rumors. There's going to be reports in the next couple of weeks or whatever that Brandon Ayuk, maybe it's Brandon or the team. You're going to hear some type of report, combines next week, of Brandon Ayuk possibly trading, you know, a trade rumor. I, I know it's going to happen. It's the offseason. It's going to happen. There's going to be reports, and they might look into it. They might look into what are the options we can get for Brandon Ayuk because you're right. If it doesn't make sense for them financially, they're going to have to figure out what can we get in return for Ayuk. Is it fair enough, you know, compensation-wise? Because after this year, they're going to have to look along. You have to look at this team and say, okay, Brock Purdy's got to get paid. Who's going to stay? Who's going to go? How are we going to keep this team to keep them contending in the playoffs? And, and, you know, who knows if Trent Williams is going to be there, George Kittle, and all these guys are getting older. So I'm sure they're going to explore that option. And I know the report yesterday from ESPN was, yeah, he, I think the report said, I can't remember, the ESPN guy, and he basically said the most likely outcome, the prediction he had was for Leonard might trade Brandon Ayuk for those reasons. So, I'm sure they're going to explore. I think ultimately the 49ers figure out a way to pay him and make it work in the books. But I think it's going to have to do, deal with, you know, extending players and, and renegotiating contracts. Armstead, if they can extend, you know, Mooney Ward, that probably opens up some cap space. You know, Hufunga and, and, and Greenlaw, although he probably would have got extended if he was healthy, that becomes a little tricky. So um, I think it really depends on the guys they want to stick around. Um, guys that are willing to take pay cuts, maybe Trent Williams takes another, you know, upfront guarantee money bonus like he did last year, open up some cap space. I'm sure there's ways they can open up that money, but they have to really determine if Brandon Ayuk's the guy they want to build this team around. Because after this year, Debo is probably gone in a year or two, right? So do they feel that Ayuk is the leader of this clubhouse in terms of wide receiver? And that's what Kyle has to find out. Ultimately, Larry, I think they do figure it out, but I think it's going to be long, drawn out saga like it always is and i and i hate that because it's just the way the 49ers operate parag and everybody they they push things down to the end they kick the can like you said 
And then we're sitting here with the most dramatic offseason. Well, and then Peter made a great point today. He said Kansas City led the NFL this year in unblocked blitzers, and somehow Spagnolo found a way in Super Bowl 58 to get nine unblocked runs at Brock Purdy in this game. And Peter's assessment of the Niners was just, hey, man, they better do something to improve the right side of their offensive line. Yeah. And I, I scoured the the free agent list um, this week uh, looking at the offensive linemen, and there's guards, but there's no tackles. I mean, you're no. I mean, there's Tryon, Tyron Smith from Dallas, but I don't think you're going to get him. Uh, other than that, it's just it's 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 not a good tackle market in free agency. Usually, you're going to have to draft a tackle. So then it comes down to well, um, the 49ers pick 31. It's a good tackle draft. Uh, the tankathon I'm looking at right now has Jordan Morgan from Arizona, 6'6", 320-pound offensive tackle, going to the Niners at 31. Um, and they have Graham Barton still on the board, Kingsley Sumatea from BYU still on the board. Um, definitely some some decent tackles there. Patrick Paul, I know uh, Brad is a big Patrick Paul guy from Houston. Um, and there's, there's a few others. I like, you know, Jalen... Um, or Javon Foster from uh, Missouri. He's probably a later-round guy. Christian Jones, I believe, from Texas. He's a later-round guy. Ladarius Henderson from Michigan. He's probably a second- or third-round pick. But usually the best tackles come off the board early. I mean, you know, do you do you dare do the do the Niners dare try the DeForest Buckner Javon Kinlaw move here? Um, what would you want for IU? I mean, in that what I'm when I'm referencing that, of course, that was the Niners had Jimmy Ward and Eric Armstead and DeForest Buckner. They were all free agents after they went to the Super Bowl in uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four, and they decided to keep um, you know Jimmy Ward and and Eric Armstead and trade DeForest Buckner. And because Buckner was such a stud, they got a first round pick and they turned that pick into Javon Kinlaw. Um, you know, there, there's, do the Niners do that? Do they try? I mean, there's talk that the New York Giants badly want, um, you know, Brandon Ayuk. Um, if, you know, they have the sixth pick in the draft. Would you take, you know, if you could take, uh, if you could move Ayuk in a future pick or a, a later pick for the sixth pick, would you take Malik Neighbors and be happy with the, the trade off of, of Malik Neighbors on a rookie deal for Brandon Ayuk on a, on a, on his sec on his major, you know, non rookie deal, they'd save a lot of money. They may even add some speed there. Neighbors had eighty nine catches and fourteen touchdowns this year. Or, you know, the, supposedly the Raiders have a lot of interest. They pick thirteen. If you got the thirteenth pick, maybe you might be able to get the thirteenth pick in Michael Mayer or something like that from the Raiders. You might be able to draft Taliesi Fuaga or JC Latham. Latham is a blue chip right tackle. I mean, he's a plug-and-play, 6'6", 335 pounds. He would be your right tackle for the next decade if you got Latham. And Fuaga's 6'6", 325. He's tough as nails. Great, you know, brawler, mauler in the run game. What do you think? Would you move Ayuk for, to the Raiders for a tackle or to the Giants for a top-10 pick and go for a Malik Neighbors? What do you think? If they want to replace them at, with the receiver, neighbors is the best way to go. But I don't know if you're going to get that sixth pick. You're probably going to have to throw something else in the mix. Right. I would go with the tackle if they, if you know, if it's up to me because we said how much they miss the tackle. But then you have to replace Ayuk somehow. That's the thing. And, and 
That's what they right. Do. Rice's kid is in this draft. I really yeah, love Rice's he's good, kid. But he's not. He's not Ayuk. He's not Ayuk. This is the thing with Ayuk. He's so good for the system because yes, he's great after the catch. He's you know a yak guy. He's route per um, yards per route run. He's like top three in the NFL. He's the number one graded pass blocking receiver. Like he does so many things for Kyle Sisto. Like we sat here and I said how good Debo is for the system. But don't get it twisted. Brandon Ayuk's just as good as Debo in this city. He understands the system. Took him a couple of years to kind of get it. But now he's, you know, just amazing. And, and, you know, to Brandon's credit, I remember last year he tweeted out. He goes, look, fourth option, 1,000 yards receiving. When he had his first 1,000 yards receiving, like, he was like, oh, my God. And now fourth option again. And he had a career year. Like every year he gets better. So he knows his work. And I think that's where the family's coming in, where, where Ayuk's probably coming from, where his frustrations are. Yeah, he probably should have got the ball more in the Super Bowl. But at the same time, was he getting open? Just like you said. And they said, you know, a lot of people have said, yeah, he just didn't get separation. I, I, I think it comes down to what I said earlier is they didn't have time to let him separate. So it comes down to if yeah. they want to trade him, Larry, and I, I hope they don't. I'm, I'm making this very clear. I don't want him to trade IU. Right. Love IU. You can't replace him. But with a rookie, maybe in a couple years. If you're going to trade him, you need to get a quality right tackle because you're not going to get a great right tackle at 31. You'll get a good one. But if you want a top tackle in this draft, you're like you said, has to be a top 10, maybe 15 pick in the draft to get a quality elite. Boom. Right now, start. He is going to be a quality 10-year vet on your team. You get the tackle. But then you still have to replace Brandon Ayuk somehow. And I don't think they have that in their room. I know Jennings, they could probably bring, but he's not Brandon Ayuk. Ronnie Bell, he's not Brandon Ayuk. Danny Gray, he's probably going to get cut this season. So you're going to take an, a, a bump with the tackle. You're going to improve your old line, but then your offense takes a bump unless, you know, somebody can figure out how to become a, a stud on this team. Because Brandon Ayuk, that's 1,300 yards. That's not something you throw away. That's a lot of production. Yeah, no question. Nick Anderson says, "Crew, can you turn up Raj a little?" Um, I, I, I tr- it's my mic is a little hot, so I turn my mic down a little bit to try to get us closer. Uh, I apologize. I, since I came back from the Super Bowl, my setup's a little, a little, a little screwy. So I'm sorry for those of you. We'll try to make the audio a little better. But no, I'm I'm with you on on Ayuk. I mean, you know, I'm not in a rush to trade him either, but. Um, you know, there are a lot of good wide receivers. I mean, I'll tell you, the, the receiver that's super exciting to me in this draft is um, is the LSU kid, Brian. Th- I mean, outside of Neighbors. I love Neighbors. But Brian Thomas, the other LSU kid, 6'4", 205. He caught 68 balls. He had 17 touchdowns this year. He's he's monster. I mean, he's just absolutely awesome. Uh, but, you know, he's projected to go 28. So there's no even guarantee that if you traded Ayuk for a mid-first-round pick and went with the tackle that Thomas would even fall to you at 31. You may have to trade up to, trade up to get 10. him. But he's the guy I'd, I'd want. I'm not as excited about Keon Coleman from Florida State or Troy Franklin from Oregon or Adonai Mitchell uh, from, from Texas or, you know, really that that next group, Bo, uh, Lad McConkey and those guys. They're not – to me, they're they're not you know Xavier Worthy from Texas. I do like Xavier Leggett from South Carolina, and he's they're saying he may go fifty six. So that's down the that's down the board. So maybe you could get a guy like Xavier Leggett, maybe even trade back from thirty one, and make that happen. But in in to me, the only way I would be interested in moving um, Iuke is if I really felt like I could. You know, the the bottom line is the Niners gotta find 
a big time offensive tackle. I mean, there's there's no more. They can't do this game anymore of 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 stopgap. The 49ers this year, Raj, and I saw this stat today. They were 20th in the NFL in pass block win rate, um, 55.6 percent. That's just too low. Too, way too low. If you're going to have Brock Purdy and he's going to have success, I agree with you. Ayuk probably would have had a bigger Super Bowl if they could have just protected. I really think that the pass that, that where Chris Jones rolled in and he threw incomplete to Jawan Jennings, he probably would have flipped his eyes to the left side of the formation, saw that Ayuk had left Snead in the dust and then Snead had gone to the turf, and it would have been the easiest pitch-and-catch touchdown of all time, and it probably would have vaulted the Niners to a Super Bowl win. And instead, um, you know, the ball came out and had to come out fast because of their blitzer and because the O line broke down. And and there you go. And the, and we know how it all ended. But twentieth in pass block win rate. I mean, Green Bay was second in pass block win rate. 49ers were twentieth. So I mean, um, and they've got they've got to commit at some point. You've got to commit to that offensive line. Man, I really don't want to trade Ayuk, but if I could get the Raiders' 13th pick, and I don't know that you could get uh, Mayer as well. Who knows? Probably not. But let's say you could get the 13th pick, and you could get a blue chipper like J.C. Latham. My goodness. I mean, you're talking about like a Trent Williams-type guy on the right side. I mean, just a just a house. And then if you could somehow come back at the end of the first round and get Brian Thomas Jr. at LSU and – um, now you'd, I think you'd be ahead of the game and you would have saved some money, but, um, there's a lot of ifs there. There's a lot of ifs there. And, and it's, it's, I'm having a real difficult time crossing that bridge of moving Brandon Ayuk. Okay. All right, let's, let's get into the second one. The second one is defensive coordinator. Tim Kawakami tweeted out today that he thinks it's going to happen soon. Uh, and he put out some names on, uh, one of the podcasts and, you know, I've been throwing Belichick's name out there, and a lot of people, you know, uh, Peter King talked about this today with Willard and Dibbs on 95.7 The Game and just basically said that, you know, he had, had some source that he talked to a couple weeks back who said that that Bill Belichick really doesn't want to be a defensive coordinator. Um, but that was a few weeks ago. And, you know, you're talking about a guy who doesn't have any real options He's coached every year in the NFL since 1975. He's 72. He's not going to, he will not coach in the NFL this year um, because he's not going to be a head coach. The 49ers' job, I think, as the defensive coordinator, is easily the best job he can have football wise. He's not going to college. And I understand it's a, it's a long shot. It's Bill Belichick. He's a Hall of Fame head coach. Why would he ever be a coordinator? I get it. I Believe me, I understand the people who push back on me and read, Krug, stop. It's not going to happen. No, I understand. It's kind of a, it, it seems like a pipe dream. But you also got to remember this. Kyle Shanahan's on the record has in, in the past, and I was in the room when he said it, as saying, hey, I could have a good defensive coordinator, but if Bill Belichick were available, I'd be stupid not to hire him. So... He's on the record as saying that, and he he dumps Steve Wilkes, who had a pretty good Super Bowl, and the Niners were top 10 in total defense, top five in points allowed per game, and he fires Steve Wilkes, um, and, and he knows Belichick's out there, and he knows Belichick uh, is not going to be a head coach because all those jobs were, were finalized before the Super Bowl. To me, that... That reeks of 
he's going to make a play for for Bill Belichick. Now, <laughs> it was interesting to listen to Peter King today. He said, I would not be sh-. This is a quote from Peter King. I would not be shocked at all if Kyle picked up the phone and offered the gig to Belichick or Pete Carroll. Mm. Mm. So that's interesting. <laughs> you know, one that, you know, that this is the best job that that Belichick could have. He's not going to yuck it up on TV with Clarissa Thompson and Dick Sherman. I mean, it's, it's just not happening. He's just not doing that. He's not going on TV and being all glib and smiley. That's not happening. And he's not going to be a head coach. So the only thing left is to be a defensive coordinator for like an awesome team that's on the verge of a Super Bowl. And Peter King said it. He said, you know, it would be an incredible story if Bill Belichick got the Niners over the top. He thinks it would land. It would directly result in him landing a top tier NFL head coaching job. Um, so there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And then uh, you know other names out there. I mean, there's Jeff Ulbrich for the Jets. He's an ex Niner. There's Chris Kiffin, who was a coordinator before and you know helped the Niners bring them Aziz Al Shayer from college and Aziz is a free agent and they probably would love to have Aziz back replacing Greenlaw who may not play this year. So I think Chris Kiffin and Jeff Ulbrich are really interesting names. What do you think Raj? And then the other one, and this was today, I didn't catch this today, but Pete Carroll 72 mm-hmm. and on the rich, o- rich Eisen show I guess this was last week, Greg Papa, suggested that Carroll could be a strong fit for the D.C. position. Uh, he knows this defense. This is his defense. Here's the quote from from uh, Greg. He says, I think Pete Carroll would be a more of a natural fit because with Belichick, he likes to vary his fronts. It would be very different, a very different defense. What's the best defense to run for Fred, Dre, Nick, Charvarius, Demo, Hafanga, et cetera, et cetera? That's who you're trying to serve. The defense that the 49ers are running since Kyle Shanahan has been the head coach is the Seattle defense. Carroll's the guy who did it. Um, you know, Carroll coached the Seahawks from 2010 to 2023. He's very familiar with the 49ers. I mean, there's a lot of talk that he was not happy with how it ended in Seattle. Niners run a 4-3 defense, very similar to the one that he implemented in Seattle. Um, you know, He's a Marin guy, went to Redwood High School coach with the Niners in the mid nineties, uh, then left to become the head coach of the Pats. What do you think defensive coordinator was Pete Carroll, Bill Belichick, Chris Kiffin, Jeff Ulbrich. Is there a name that were, you know, Mike Vrabel is a name out there. If, if he doesn't physically intimidate Shanahan, that's a crazy story. Um, what do you think though, Raj? Matt, you, we, before we started this, you told me a little bit about that Belichick, and now listening to you, man, I want it. I want Belichick, man. Give me Belichick, <laughs> man. Like he really has nothing left to prove. It's not like, oh, Belichick's going to be this hot shot coach, and then if he does good as a defensive coordinator, he can get it's Bill Belichick. If he wanted a job, he can get a job. Like he just didn't want the jobs that were available, and and they those teams went different routes. Belichick probably maybe wanted more power or whatever. I don't know. Who knows. If Belichick wants to coach, this is probably the best job. This is the best job out there. I mean, a championship caliber team, you go out there, you help Kyle get this championship. I mean, you get a championship again because it's been a little bit since Belichick's, you know, been at that level, you know, ever since Brady left. And you know what? People are questioning Belichick. Like, he's not a good coach. He can't win it all. 
why don't you go with Kyle? Go run it up and, and say, tell everybody, F you. Guess what? Me and Kyle just won a championship. I think it'd be great. Again, he's a great defensive guy. He could come in here and just clean it up a little bit and help Kyle get over the hump. And, and you know what? Kyle would be grateful. A couple years back in the combine when they were looking for quarterbacks in the pro days, him and Belly were, were there. You know, Mac Jones, Trey Lance looking at the court. I'm sure they're they're close, you know, a little bit. So, give me Belly. He's, he's the top guy. I think, obviously, he's the top guy. But a couple other names that you threw out there, I wouldn't mind Pete Carroll, man. He knows the system. Former 49ers defensive coordinator. So he's been in the 49ers coaching system. Why don't you walk back in? You, you know, it'd be nice. Go pull up those old 49er threads, throw it back on. I mean, Pete probably wants to get back at Seattle, right? I heard a lot of bad stuff, too, and, you know, he let, they let go of him as coach. So why don't you stick it to him twice a year, you know, and help Kyle Shanahan um, win, win that NFC West and run it to the, to the Super Bowl. So I would love Pete Carroll, man. That guy knows the system, right? Pete Carroll and Fred Warner, are you kidding me? He coached Bobby Wagner, and now he can coach – Fred Warner, two generational linebackers would be great. Um, with this secondary, Pete Carroll, man, I think he could elevate them to the top. Um, the guy that you didn't really mention much, but you threw him at the end, Mike Vrabel. I mean, he's a heck of a coach. If you can't get Belichick, he's the next best thing. He's Belichick's defensive disciple. So I think that'd be great. And, and I think also with Vrabel, you know, failing as a coach a little bit over the last two years, this would get him back into the national scene. If he wins the Super Bowl, with Kyle, like, boom, he goes right back up to the top of the line as a big-time head coach. So those are my favorite choices. A couple guys we didn't mention. I mean, Rex Ryan, if he wants to come out of the booth. <laughs> yeah. so I like Rex. So I like sexy Rexy. Um, Belichick, I don't see him as an analyst, so I kind of agree with you on that. Like, maybe. maybe. Well, here, here, I'm thinking about it from Kyle's perspective. What do you think Kyle wants? I don't think Kyle wants to spend any time on the defense. No. I don't. That's why Carroll and and Belichick make so much sense because I think almost kind of a prerequisite of offering either one of those guys the job is stay the hell out of my meeting room. <laughs> stay off my headset. Stay out of my meeting room. Don't Let interfere. Let me be the head coach of the defense. Yeah. And the other thing I kind of think like the Niners need and they, you know, I'm sure if I brought this up Kyle would bristle, Lynch would bristle. They don't like this dialogue at all, and they don't want to hear it, and I understand it. But I think Kyle wears too many hats, mm -hmm. and I think he could really benefit from having that awesome, not, you know, Brian Hampton from the, you know, analytics staff sitting upstairs on the headsets. I'm not saying that Brian Hampton is not valuable. I'm sure Brian Hampton's very smart. But I mean, I've seen him in the press box. He's a young, he's a young fella, man. He's a young guy. Are you telling me that when everything's on the line, he's going to stand up to Kyle Shanahan? Mm -hmm. I don't buy that. No. I think he, you know, I think if you had a Belichick or a Carroll, and I think managing the game, even if it was just a, hey Kyle, what about this? Hey Kyle, what about that? Even if it was just having those guys who have been through those wars so many times right there, kind of like the way Harbaugh had Brad Seeley. Yeah. You know, if he had a, a Belichick or a Carroll right there and he could just be like, you know, what do you think? Should we use our, you know, should we challenge this? Should we not? Should we 
call a timeout here? Should we not? You know, just a little game management thing. Guidance out there. I agree because I said it last week. I said maybe he needs an OC, but I like the thought of another like established coach to say, "Hey, Kyle, let, let's you know run a check through when you when you're on a big time situation in the game." Maybe Belichick say, "Might not be the right time for this, Kyle." And Kyle could say, "You think so?" Yeah, I'm Belichick, and I'm telling you, like something like that could be good. I, I do think this defensive coordinator position needs to be a guy that's established. Like, I know there's a lot of people that are saying they can hire within. Um, I don't mind those guys that they have, like Johnny Holland, a very respectful guy. But I, I think right now you need a guy that's going to command attention and, and just established guy because you're right. Kyle doesn't need to worry about the defense, and the defense coordinator needs to just go in there and handle the job because Kyle's got a lot on his plate. Like you said, he's the head coach. He's the offense coordinator although I think they should elevate Brian Greasy to that position to give him a little heads up. And then you're going to have to replace Clint Kubiak anyways. Why don't you replace Clint Kubiak? The guy you're going to get his replacement, just make him the QB coach and the passing game coordinator all in one. You can get Greasy as the offense coordinator and then Pete Carroll, Vrabel, Belichick, whoever it is as your DC. I think that would be a great situation, but that's what I would do if I was John Lynch. You know, one, one other thing to mention here is Steve Wilkes, you know, I don't know how much time you got around Steve Wilkes, Raj. Um, you know, but I'm sure you saw many of his press conferences. You've seen him speak publicly. He's a he's a man. You know what I mean? He's a he's a he's a guy who's been in the league for 25 years. He's a presence. You know what I mean? I don't know that you can just say, "Hey, we're going with this young kid, and we're gonna he's our new guy," or yeah. somebody who's a first year coordinator. I think you got a team that's ready to win right now. I think that I think that the who at when you hear the Niners name their defensive coordinator, and I've heard a lot of people say, "Ah, it's going to be a no-name guy." I don't know that a no-name guy is what you need here, because I, you know, Bosa, Warner, you know, Armstead, Mooney, these guys have got to know that you know. I mean, part of them probably thinks. You know, Wilkes wasn't great. There's a lot of talk today from Peter King saying that maybe some of the players had some friction with Steve. Um, but they've got to know that the guy that they're going to next is a clear upgrade from Steve. It can't be like, well, we're going with this guy and we'll have to wait and see. I don't know that that's going to work well in the room. I think they have, the soon as they hear that name, I think they have to go, oh, yeah, yeah. 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 That's why we got rid of Wilkes because we were going to get Pete Carroll. Or yeah, that's why we got rid of cuz built, you know, Vrabel, you know, we're going to go get somebody who's like the first second you hear that name, you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. 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 That makes sense." <laughs> RG says Larry Kruger, the DC. Yeah, yeah. See if they if they say, "Hey, look, the Krug show has blown up this year. Uh, <laughs> he's taken it to 40,000 subs." Guys, He's a no-nonsense guy, rough around the edges, uh, but he'll call out, um, you know, Chase Young for dogging it. Uh, you know, yeah. I, you know, I can't design anything. I can't play any games up front. Uh, my coverages won't work, but I'll call out the guys who dog. Uh, there you go. No, but I'm, I don't you think in some ways it has to be like a guy. Yeah, it can't just be like, well, we're hoping that this young, smart guy ascends to this position. Yeah, he's never done it before but you know i don't i don't think that's i think you're gonna have to win over not just the fans i think you're gonna have to win over the guys in the room 
absolutely. Um, I don't know. That's just my kind of feeling on it. I agree. If it's just like a guy and not the guy, I think it's going to piss a lot of people off in the locker room and the fan base because you're going to you're going to have to win everybody. And this is the thing. If you're on the cusp of winning a Super you're literally on the cusp and you just bring in a guy, like just some guy that you're like, oh, he, he has a good defensive mind and we're trying to develop him. We don't have time for that, Larry. The window's closing. We need a we need a guy. We need a guy that's going to come in, and Fred Warner's going to be like, "Oh shit, that's the DC." Or Nick Bosa would be like, "Oh, that's my DC." Like, we need that kind of guy, somebody that's going to tell Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, like, "Yo, I got you. We are going to be a Super Bowl caliber defense." Not some guy that says, "All right, guys, let's go over the new defensive strategies for the we." No, we don't need that guy. We need Bill Belichick. Pete Carroll, Mike Vrabel, we need one of those guys. I mean, what? I, what about Brandon Staley? I was just gonna bring him up. There's a, probably another guy that Kyle might like because he's from the similar system. The Pete, you know, Sean McVay, Rams. I don't want Brandon Staley. Like, I know he's a good. I don't defense, either. Right? I don't either. But his decision making, the way he was in the Chargers, it tells me that he would be a horrible culture fit for this team. You imagine walking in. You get rid of Wilkes, who I think the players might have respected at, to a, to an extent. There might have been some players that didn't. But you go and replace him with Brandon Staley, who just got fired and he was a laughing stock in the league. I don't think it would go well for the fans, for the players. Don't give me Brandon Staley. Please. The only Staley I want is Joe Staley. Yeah. No, I, I'm – there's something about Brandon Staley that just is just – I don't – I can't put my finger on it. But I just don't think he's going to command the room, especially you know coming off of the heels of Wilkes, who really had a you know real powerful presence. Yeah. And now you're going to put Brandon Staley in there, and I don't know. Uh, Joey Bosa, mm. a lot of talk that Joey Bosa could get cut by the Chargers. Chargers are forty eight million dollars over the cap. Now there's other you know that the, the whole that hasn't factored into what they're you know holding over from from uh, 23 so the numbers will all change but they're they're i think they've got the fourth worst cap figure going in at this point and there's a lot of talk that they're gonna cut joey bosa maybe khalil mack but khalil mack had 17 sacks joey bosa's only played uh 14 games the last two years combined he's only got nine sacks over the last two years but he is a bigger end. He is Nick's brother. He does have an unbelievable motor. They would like to play together. I'm sure. Um, I mean, I'd rather have Joey Bosa than Chase Young or Randy Gregory. Nothing against those guys, but I'd rather have Joey Bosa. And I don't want to pay Joey Bosa what he was making. He's making $36 million this year. But I would like to have the Bosa brothers on my D-line. Uh, that's definitely something I feel strongly about. Peter King was asked about it today, and he said he thinks it's a good idea. He said, you know, I've heard those rumblings as well. And I'm like kind of wondering, are you watching me on YouTube, Pete? Because I don't know. I haven't heard too many people talking about it. But I've been talking about it. Um, what do you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down on Joey that's, Bosa. That's a thumbs up. I know he's got the injury history, but I think for Nick Bosa's sake, He'd be hyped up to have his brother. Now, you're right. The money's the big issue. I think if he did come to the Niners, he would take a pay cut to play with his bro um, for a year or two. Now, the problem is, can he stay healthy? So that that's the issue. And I think the Niners would take that in consideration and say, hey, look, you want to come here, play with your brother, take a hometown discount because you need to prove that you stay healthy. So I think there'll be a lot of incentives, you know, in the contract if they were to keep him. If you could play X amount of games, you get this much money. Um, I would definitely like him more. Then Chase Young and Randy Gregory, no disrespect to them, but man, give me give me Nick Bosa. I think that would be the only 
silver lining if you get Brandon Staley. He could probably get Joey Bosa to come in. Or to the I don't team. know. I'm yeah. a, some people I talked to this week said that Joey Bosa doesn't like Brandon Staley. Oh, don't. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> do it so maybe that, maybe that would no, kill no. the Joey Bosa. Yeah. Maybe that would piss off Nick Bosa. No, Could yeah. you imagine? Could you imagine if they hired a defensive coordinator that pissed off your best defensive player? He gone. You tell Kyle, John, trade me. Trade yeah. Me. Right now, oh my God! Uh, word has it that Bosa's unhappy. Uh, Staley, you're gone. Um, we got this one. MF says, "Larry, would you ask Bill Belichick some tough questions in the pressers?" Oh, could you imagine him blowing me off? Uh, we're just looking to Cincinnati. Uh, we're looking ahead to Cincinnati. Grant Cohn, Bill Belichick. <laughs> oh my God, that would be epic! <laughs> just having Grant question Belichick. Uh, why didn't you blitz on third down? I didn't want to. Next. Um, <laughs> Bill, um, you went to a prevent at the end of the first half. Why? Because I, I decided it was going to help us win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah over here. You next question. Just be awesome. Just the awesome amount, you know, the back and forth. I, I think it would be so cool to have Belichick. It would be so cool. Um, and I know there's lots of people. I've had people just ripping the shit out of me on Twitter for like the last three. Because I, I brought it up to you I, yeah, like a month was, ago, three yeah. weeks ago, four weeks ago. And, I and I've been just getting crushed, crushed. But you know what? That's okay. I can, yeah. I can, I got broad shoulders. I can handle it. Um, all right, let's hit some starred chats here. we got a bunch of them in the house. Gammon Brown is in the house. He says, Raj, um, what is it? TF, your stage name is the big, is the big decision. Oh. Well, I don't, I don't, what's TF? Thank you for your stage. Oh, name. thank you for your stage name, stage name. Wow. Appreciate you. Well, appreciate the support Gammon. Um, if, if the decision's up to me, I'm taking Bill Belichick. <laughs> there you go. Too much sauce says, do the 49ers need any changes at the tight end position? Well, they got to figure out if Cam Latou can catch a cold. <laughs> I mean, that guy is just, he, balls just ricocheted off him this summer. I was like, this was a good tight end draft, too, and they took Cam Latou, and he's pretty athletic. Nice guy, too, but uh, couldn't catch. I mean, couldn't catch at all. They took two tight ends. Yeah, good. and Braden Wills couldn't get on the field. If there was... You know, that's the one thing I would like to see Charlie Warner brought back of, you know, cause I think Warner's kind of improving. Mm -hmm. I like his tenacious run blocking. I like Charlie Warner. So I think I'd bring him back, but, uh, I might be looking around at a tight end. I don't, I'm not in the camp that says trade George Kittle. I'm just not, I no. know other people are, I'm not, um, uh, uh, Ono Kayla Kai Kala Ono says, um, the Penn State offensive tackle Fashanu for the first uh, first pick trade for Ayuk. Mm. Yeah, you'd have to get in the top. That would be like if you traded him to the Giants and you got the sixth pick in the draft. Maybe you could get Fashanu. He's another blue chipper, big Penn State offensive tackle. Really impressive for sure. Titus Moeller, Larry, you're getting my hopes up about Belichick. Oh. Well, I, I probably shouldn't, but there you go. I, I want to see it. 49er mm. underscore throwback. How about Richard Sherman for D.C.? Richard Sherman, you know, the one thing you don't do, it's like, you know, you don't go from riding a tricycle to riding a 10-speed. You know, there's there's training wheels and a smaller bike, and you don't go from, I just played in the NFL, to defensive coordinator. He said it and, himself, yeah. Yeah, he said it himself. I mean, you, you'd you start with quality control, mm -hmm. 
And if you were a really good defensive quality control guy, then they might move you for a guy like him, maybe cornerback coach since he played corner. Um, And then after he did that, maybe after two years, maybe he'd be like the DB coach. And after maybe a couple more years there, you know, let's say it's year five and he's done a really good job at those three jobs, uh, then you'd make him your coordinator. So he's he's kind of like a five, in a five year, five year thing before uh, before he would be considered, and he knows it. That's the beautiful thing about Richard Sherman. He's not like one of these guys like no hire me. No, he understands there's a pecking order and there's a process, and he'd have to go through it. I could see he's definitely smart enough. He's definitely uh, verbal enough. He's definitely passionate enough. My only question is to many players who played, when you have millions of dollars in the bank. Do you want to work 110 hours in a week? Like I work hard, but I'm a lazy pile of crap compared to every 49er <laughs> assistant coach. I just claim we started this stream by me telling you how hard Raj works. Raj and I are both just like we're just like messing around compared to these coaches. These guys show up at 5 a.m. They're there till 5 p.m. every day. Some days till midnight. Some days they sleep there. Um, and it's just, it's a level of commitment that I don't think the average person really gets. Oh. So that's why you don't see a lot of players doing it. I mean, like, I think Alex Smith would be like the most incredible quarterback coach of all time. Um, he's so smart. He's cerebral. He's really, really, uh, experienced. He's a verbal guy. He's a great guy. He would be an awesome quarterback coach, but he doesn't want to work that hard. I don't want to spend those hours. He's got a beautiful wife, kids, and all that thing. I mean, you know, uh, it's they're long hours. KR says, go ahead, Roger. No, it's, it's a grind. You're right. Like, yeah, it's a grind, yeah, man. I couldn't imagine it, man. No. No, that's why you don't see it that often. Uh, KR says, great shows, Larry. The tight box comments with the hands. Hilarious. Pay Belichick. Let's effing go. Oh. Oh, I was just saying, the tight box thing is like we were, Damon and I are going to do a Monday, Wednesday, Friday show, and I kept going. What's going to be? We're gonna we're gonna make it a you know a real tight. We're gonna instead of having a two hour show, it's gonna be more like forty five minutes, which we're coming up on fifty eight minutes right here. <laughs> um, okay, Ono K Kai Kala Ono uh, Belichick has history with Lynch and Shanahan. Yeah, no, I mean this. I wouldn't have brought this up if I thought these guys didn't jive together. Belichick respects them. They respect the hell out of him. I mean, that part of it is a done deal. I mean, he gave them Jimmy Garoppolo a couple years back. Like I said, at the Combine a couple years ago, they were having coffees together. I think Belichick respects the hell out of them, man. Well, and Shanahan does, too. I I asked Shanahan a few years ago, I'm like, what's your process film-wise in the week? And he admitted to me that before he – I don't know if he still does it, but he admitted to me that before he watches film for his team, that he goes and watches Bill Belichick's defense every week wow. Wow. because of the rink, because he really feels like he's a cutting-edge defensive mastermind, and obviously Kyle's trying to counter that, and so he takes a look at what Belichick does on defense every single week. The other reason I think this, the reason, I mean, you know, people are tired of me talking about Belichick, and I get it. Love it. <laughs> but, I, but I will say one last thing. The Niners have six or seven really good young defensive backs. Bill Belichick's kind of known as like maybe the greatest defensive backfield coach of all time. If all he did was come in and get the most out of Hafanga, Jair Brown, Sammy Womack, Ambry Thomas, Demo Lenore, Darrell Luter, you know what I mean? 
Um, those six DBs, if those six DBs all developed into really good players under Belichick, that might be enough to vault the Niners into back into the Super Bowl and over the top. Larry, if he could make Ambry Thomas a pro bowler, just make that man a statue. Give him a statue. Give me Belichick, man. Not only that, I mean, if you look at, um, you know, free agency, the Niners mode has been, they don't sign a lot of free agents, but guess who's a free agent this, um, this, uh, this March, uh, Josh Ushi, the excellent edge rusher. Who's kind of a lot like D Ford for new England and Kyle Duggar, who, you know, you don't know about the health of, of, um, of Hafanga coming into this year. I take Belichick and Kyle Duggar right now and just, that would be enough to improve the secondary right there. Blood Moon says Kyle Shanahan needs to revisit that convo with Joe Staley to at least consult or be an assistant O-line coach. Joe has had a few years away, and it's time. Yeah, maybe now. That's a great one, Blood Moon. I think that's a phenomenal comment. Joe has been away from the game enough, and you know he's had some time with the family and this and that. Maybe he would come back. He would be phenomenal. He would be a great assistant O-line coach. Just the passion, the toughness, you know. Uh, Mike Nolan uh, says, Larry, are you more of a 4-3-4 guy or a 4-2-5 guy? You know, it's so funny you should ask that. Um, I'm, I'm definitely more of a 4-2-5 guy. Um, I, like, uh, I like that linebackers on the second level who have lots of speed and cover that entire second level. Yeah. In fact, the one linebacker that I would love to take away from Kansas City is Willie Gay because uh, yeah. Willie Gay is just so fast. Dude, Did you see how fast he closed on Purdy in the Super Bowl? Like he was a madman. That was oh, good, dude. He's I, so so fast. Kansas City's defense was so good, man. Holy yeah. smoke! McDuffie, yeah. McDuffie was oh, spectacular. The guy's incredible. Holy god! Yeah. First round pick. I mean, I and and Legarius Sneed was awesome too. Yeah. You know, you got to give it to them. Jeff says, "Larry, bro, I heard Graham Barton's name. So a uh, name. So here." Um. <laughs> Graham Barton is Duke's offensive lineman. He's I'm not sure if he's a tackle or a guard. The thing that they say about Graham Barton is he could play all five spots on the line. He's really smart. Um, probably going to be there, though. I would say there's a very good chance that if you like Graham Barton, you could probably pick him off at 31. He'll probably be there. Uh, RG says Ron Rivera as Ooh. Niners defense coordinator. There's something about Ron Rivera that says he's done. I, I don't like the guy. I don't know. He's a great guy. I mean, he and he went to Cal, but I just don't. I think he's. I think he's been there, done it. I think he's. I think you know, so. He seems like he's burnt out by it. I agree. Uh, Titus Moeller, I'm not tired of you talking about Bill Belichick. I'd like your take on whether you think San Francisco will actually draft Brendan Rice. That's a pick I seriously want. What do you think, Raj? Um, first of all, have you done anything with Jerry as far as? Um, um, you know, I don't know if you ever had any brushes with, I know you do a lot of stuff with Niner people. Have you ever talked to Jerry at all? I've done Joe Montana recently. Actually, he was part of the thing we did, uh, over the Vegas time, you know, our hard rock stuff. I did Jerry. I, I, I did meet Jerry one time. We did a little promotional thing with Jerry. He's a, he's a man. He's awesome. Dude. He's like the best Niner ambassador out of all the former players. This guy is like a truth. Like he's like a fan. Like me and he, like this guy is amazing. Uh, Jerry Rice is great. He's a great person. It was a blessing to meet him. Um, yeah, I, I love the guy. Yeah, I'm a big Jerry fan. And, you know, I'm always skeptical of of um, sons of great players mm-hmm. because they're usually, you know, pushed up higher than maybe they belong because of their dad. 
But then when I watched um, Brendan Rice at USC, it's like I fell in love with this kid, this kid's potential. I mean, he is 6'4", 210 pounds, and I'm eager to see what he runs in Indy because mm. I don't think he's going to run particularly fast. But though, and, he's, and there's only one Jerry. But, man, when you watch Brendan play, he plays the game to win. And he's a very great competitor. He's a serious football player. He's got great ball skills. He runs really good routes. Um, I love him. I think he's probably going to be a late third to early fourth round pick. So late day two, maybe early day three. Uh, But if I had a pick in that part of the draft, I really like him. Now, a lot of people are talking about McCaffrey's brother, Luke Mm -hmm. McCaffrey, and he had a really good year. He's only played one year of football. And he played for Rice this year, and he was all-conference. And, and I, I'm eager to see what he runs, too. Uh, I know Christian badly wants to play with him. I talked to Christian about it in the locker room two months ago or so. Um, but, you know, Luke McCaffrey, to me, and I've watched both these guys, um, Luke and Steve and uh, Brandon Rice. Brandon Rice, to me, looks more NFL. Luke McCaffrey looks – now, I don't know what he's going to run. Christian says he's fast. But I don't, I don't see it necessarily. Like when I'm watching him, I, I see like just ordinary speed. So I'm, I'm thinking, uh, you know, more like a six round pick, maybe, maybe a seventh round pick. Uh, we'll see, we'll see what it, what he, what he runs, because that will be the big determining factor. But all conference receiver, and he definitely's got ball skills, uh, and he definitely, you know, plays the game hard. And you know, I'd, I'd be, have interest in having him on my team. But I don't, you know, like if. You can't talk about like Brendan Rice would be like a guy that you might be able to throw in with Jawan Jennings and maybe a free agent if you traded Ayuk and reasonably replace him. I don't think Luke McCaffrey can replace Ayuk in no. any way, shape, or form. It'd be uh, fun. I saw someone tweet the other day. I can't remember. I saw this was my favorite tweet so far of draft season. He goes, <laughs> he goes, this is my first and only mock draft. He goes, I'm drafting Brendan Rice, Luke McCaffrey, Frank Gore Jr. That's it for the culture. I was like, oh, but give, give, go get me Frank Gore Jr. Go get me Luke McCaffrey. Give me Brendan Wright. Just because, you know, for the culture. Um, I, I'm, I'd be happy with all those guys. Yeah. I really would. I love Frank Gore Jr. Bro, have, you, have, you, have you seen Frank Gore Jr.? Yes, he runs just like Frank Gore. Just crazy. like Crazy. Frank. Yes, get me Frank Gore Jr. for the culture. Yeah. Yeah. He, in the uh, Shrine game, um, they ran him through the B-gap on a first quarter run and he was gone and it was just like Frank. He, you know, Frank has those really subtle, but awesome cuts inside and he, and he cuts full speed and then he's gone. Frank Gore jr. Cut full speed and was gone. Now I don't know what he's going to run, but I would say judging from what I saw, I would say he's like four, four, five, Mm -hmm. something like that. He's, he's definitely got some scoot and he's got some power and heck just on, I'll say this, man, just on what Frank Gore was, I mean, Frank Gore tore both ACLs at the University of Miami and played forever in the NFL and was right. damn good and had all this heart. If his kid and Frank was on the sideline for the East West Shrine and he was, I mean, almost like Frank Gore Jr. looked, gave him a couple looks like, I hate you. Like he's really coaching his kid. Yeah. I mean, Frank is in the ear of his kid like this, just, you know, and you could see his kid kind of not liking it. And Frank's obviously in the Niner organization, but I yeah. would love to have Frank Gore jr. 
as the if the Niners could add one running back, I mean, think about it. They don't need a running back. They got Mason. They got Mitchell. They got CMC. They got Juice right now, unless they trade him or or cut him or restructure him or whatever. But if they're going to do anything in the backfield, it's going to be a day three pick late in the draft or after the draft. Frank Gore, from what I juniors, from what I can tell, all the mocks I'm looking at, he's there in the sixth round, seventh round. Yeah. So yeah. I mean that would be a great seventh round pick. I think great so. seventh round right. Pick. Frank's in the front off op- front office. Frank, you I'm pretty sure he's gonna hardcore press John Lynch and say draft my son. You know how many days he's probably he's gonna wake up every day, send him a text message, make sure you draft my son. And I I would probably put money that during this draft we're gonna see Frank Gore Jr. on the 49ers. I, I really think it's gonna happen. I don't know why. I really do. All right, last quick topic and then we'll bolt. Ty Davis Price went to the Eagles today. He was a third round pick at LSU, um, and you know he just he finished. He, they 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 you know they kind of screwed with the roster to get Logan Ryan on the roster, and they waived him. They put him back on the practice squad. TDP is interesting because he's got talent, and John Lynch said he's a really hard worker, and he had some impressive runs in camp where he's running over his pads and he looks really powerful, but. Raj, it just didn't happen. Is do you think TDP? I mean, Sermon went to the Eagles; it didn't work out. Do you think TDP is going to find himself in the NFL? Um, what do you think? I hope he does, man. But it's just another bad third round running back pick, and I, I can't, I can't have Kyle do it again. Like that's why I yeah, no more work Junior because he'd be a late round pick. Kyle does great with the late round picks, undrafted running back. We've seen so many of them. But Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, Matt Breida, et cetera, et cetera. Please, Kyle, don't don't take another third round draft pick. It's, I feel bad for him because TDP has some talent, but I think at the time, even when he was drafted, I didn't never thought he was a third round prospect. I never thought he was that high, and I didn't have him that high. I was surprised, but at the same time, I did see some good film, and I was like, okay, I can see what Kyle saw. But from what I understand, I just don't think he worked hard enough. I, he was a little slow for the system. I don't think he was good with the blitz pickups, although during training camp, he did run hard this year when I, I noticed him compared to last year. But I just don't know if he had enough like blocking abilities, and that's what Kyle wants. You have to block or you're not going to make it on Kyle Shanahan's team. No block, no rock. I hope he succeeds wherever he's at. Right now, Philly, who knows if he makes the team. It was a futures reserve contract. I don't know. I hope he does good. But Trey Sermon, if he follows the Trey Sermon path, he's not going to end up doing anything the bigger issue for me raj last point i'll make here but i just don't the niners have to you know we all this talk about what they need to do to you know climb to the top of the mountain um they gotta start hitting on their day one and day two draft picks mike mcglinchy bust reuben foster bust solomon thomas bust and then you look at these in the last three years they've drafted nine players in the second and third rounds the only good players out of there right now for sure are Aaron Banks and Jair Brown. There's seven guys that are either, either misses or t- to be determined. Trey Sermon, Drake Jackson. I love Drake Jackson, but so far hasn't happened. Danny Gray. I really like Danny Gray. So far it hasn't happened. TDP, Cam Latou, Jake Moody did hit a 50-yarder in the field uh, in the Super Bowl, but um, I'm not sure about him. Ambry Thomas. I mean, so you got you got nine picks in the last three drafts in in the in the second and third round and you've got banks and jair brown and seven either misses or kind of like you know i mean i don't know 
You're right. They got to hit. The last time they really hit and made a superstar in the second round was Debo Samuel. He was a second round pick. Um, and then they messed that up. After that, they went Jalen Hurd. There was I, I could sit here and talk about that whole draft for, for days. And the only other, we, we talked about this earlier when we talked about receivers. If we want to keep it real, first round receivers in the 49ers, that's why I'm a little a little sketched out if they do this because the last yeah. that was actually good that they took in the first round was actually Brandon Ayuk, who they traded up to get. But before that, they struck out the 49ers organization in a whole, just could not draft a first round wide receiver to save their life. T.O. was the last time they had a good you know draft pick as receiver. After that, Mike Jenkins, <laughs> oh my God, Rashawn Woods, so many bad receivers. So many bad ones. Brandon Ayuk was the last good first round receiver. D just don't trade him. That's my final side, Larry. Do not trade Brandon Ayuk. Please don't do it. I know Shanahan was, you know, cheering that pick. Was, it was during the, uh, wasn't it during the pandemic? He, pandemic. Was sitting, he was going, oh my god, let's go. He was. I high. love that draft when Belichick was sitting there and he had his dog at the, the table dog. and <laughs> Shanahan sitting there with his kids. His little girls are right there. They're all high fiving. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Uh, good stuff. D. Luce is Dante Pettis. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Rounder. If a guy has blue hair and is slow, don't draft him. No. Uh, driver 8, they could have drafted Sean Dawkins. I did an interview with Sean Dawkins on KMBR years ago, and I and he was all fired up. And I'm like, tell us about Sean Dawkins. And he's like, and he, he wanted to say that he wanted to play for the Niners, but he didn't want to say directly, I want to play for the Niners. So guess how he said it, Raj. How did he say it? He goes, Sean Dawkins just wants to be on grass. <laughs> That's what he said. We used that highlight for like, you know, six months after that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and of course, he meant grass over AstroTurf. All right, Raj, what do you, what do you got cooking the rest of the week? Um, you got anything special going on the, on the channel? On the, I know you're, this is like, is the off season busier for you than the regular season? Cause the regular season, there's a rhythm to it. You kind of know when the, when the like decisions for the most part, I mean, the, there'll be some surprises. The off season though is a total crapshoot at any hour of any day, morning, noon, night, there could be some signing, firing, cut trade. So does that, does that change? I mean, you are all for people who don't know Raj. Raj is all over um, the Instagram with. I mean, I'll go to IG if I if I'm like out of the loop and I need a quick, you know, let's get in the loop. I'll be honest. I'll go to your IG and just see what you've posted for like the last seven hours. And you know, nine times out of ten, if I do a video, it's going to be you know, oh, Raj had this in the last half hour. Uh, so I'm always kind of you know checking out your stuff, but. Is the off season harder for you, or is it is it is the regular season harder? Oh man, they're both hard. Regular season's so hard because there's so much, and I, you know, like I have a nine to five, so it's hard to like keep up. But the off season's a grind too because some stuff happens just out of the blue, and you're like crap, and then you just have to like drop everything you're doing, and you know, you you could be driving somewhere, and news breaks. But like I know doing this for so many years now, you know, covering the team and everything, you kind of know when certain things are gonna happen, like certain weeks. You know, combine week, um, free agency week. Like I set aside time. Like I, I take time off. I use my my PTO and stuff to be home so I can cover it. But then there's like surprise things. But like this week, we're probably gonna get a DC move, and I'm gonna have to kind of navigate around that. But it, it is hard in a different way. But I try to make like chunks of time set up 
set aside to, to do those things with the, working around my schedule from work. Like the draft, I'll take a couple of days off, so I'm home to, to cover that. But yeah, Okay, so fun. I'm one of your patients. Yeah. Uh, do you go in the home or are you in your in a clinic somewhere? I, I do both. I go in. Okay, the so you come to my house. I got a bum shoulder. I'm laying there on the on the uh, the table, and all of a sudden you get this bzz, bzz, bzz. The 49ers have just hired Bill Belichick as defensive coordinator. What do you do? Do you go with the rub down and Belichick later, or do you say, excuse no, me? No, uh, real quick, I got a <laughs> fired up breaking news. 49ers have just hired Bill Belichick. After I see the patient, I get in my car. Breaking new guys. Did you see Bill Belichick? <laughs> Bro, that comes first. That's why I work this week. People are like, you're really working hard this week. Roger's like, there's no man, there's just nothing. I'm like fiending on my phone. They're like, they're, they, and then they know, like one of my, my uh, coworkers just like, Bro, you haven't posted. What's going on? What's the news? I was like, there's nothing going on. I'm sick to my stomach. So, yeah, no, I take the Niner news pretty seriously. <laughs> oh, my God. Driver 8 says Bob Kraft rub down. No, come on. Get your mind out of the gutter. All right, that's going to do it. Hey, thanks to Pig and a Pickle for being the title sponsor of the Krug Show. Thanks to uh, Marin Autoglass. Check them out, marinautoglass.com, 415-883-3030. Underdog Fantasy, check the link in the description. Use that promo code Krug. And then we got two new sponsors this month, Sharp Corners uh, Sports Cards and Collectibles. Give Anthony Catania a call at 831-521-5264. And if you need a roofer, the only roofer I'll use is valleyhillroofing.net. Give them a call, 209-481-6851. Uh, they're a Go Green contractor, and all their website links are listed in the description of the show. Raj, great stuff as usual, my man. We'll talk next week, hopefully. We'll keep this going throughout the offseason and, and, uh, and chop it up because something tells me that there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Don't you get the feeling? You think so? Uh, the Niners never, never boring, never boring. Uh, yeah. Raj, good to see you. Thanks to everybody. Thanks for all the supers. Peace. Yeah, never met a man. I've been scared of. Careful, you won't get exactly.